a fun first hour. I missed you off the top, though. I'm not going to lie. It shook me a little bit. I love Drake. That's not a knock on Drake. But when you're here and we walk in together, it's like, what's up? What's up? He's like, not going to be here for the first five minutes. It's like, what? But as two guys who procrastinate like crazy on their Boyd Street articles, congrats on getting a leg up on that. <laughs> because it was for Boyd Street, right? It was, okay, yes. Okay. So I went to, went to crazy land there for a second. I totally zoned out. Oh, I did that this morning. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I went to Crazyland yesterday. But but yes, it was uh, important. We got uh, a jump start on the Boyd Street magazine stuff, which will make, uh, obviously, uh, some folks in this building very happy. Makes me happy, a little less stressed. But uh, I, likewise, like you, did not enjoy missing the first segment. It's, uh, it's weird. You know, routine is a thing, and uh, it threw, threw that off. I'm get- I heard something really good from, all right, everyone hold your ears for a minute, Sam. And we were, I kind of did the, do you have any traditions? Is there any kind of lucky charm thing you have? And Sam said, I'm a routine over ritual kind of guy. I'm like, ooh, I like that. I'm stealing that. Um, but yeah, it's our routine, man. It's our routine. And it's weird when we're in studio for as many days in a row as we have been now. So, are we in studio tomorrow or are we back at Cavens, you know? Uh, I know, I know uh, Steelman and I are kind of doing what we can to make sure to maximize exposure for our buddy Gary Cavins. Du- you don't have to look. I'll double check here in a bit. Uh, I will say a quick announcement just for all the bosses that are listening because I'm going to – I'll make it here. I'm going to be running late on Friday show due to some travel concerns. I've had to work out a few responsibilities so we're leaving at 1 p.m., uh, and so Josh is going to take care, I think, of like the first hour. You, get, Connor! Connor! We got it. We'll Connor, it out. we need you for hour one on Friday, please. And then there's some women's basketball responsibilities. that I have. So there's all kinds of things that are coming into the fact that I will join you uh, for the rest of the show on Friday after the first hour, I think. That's first pretty hour. exciting. Well, um, not exciting to have you miss an hour, but no, 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 exciting no. that you have some other responsibilities. There's, there's, so what we've here's what happens. Can I just before we get the BV opening statement? When when we have an 11 a.m. game on the road that I can't drive to, it throws off everything because if I can drive there, right, then I don't have to worry about how am I going to get to the stadium early. Well, I need to be here for this. I've got to be there for that, right? And, and listen, we've we not technology is amazing. We can do shows on the road. You know, we did it last week or we two done, weeks ago. We done did it. And, and it makes it a lot easier. And it works. The only time it didn't work was whenever we were going down to Lubbock and we started hitting, <laughs> we started hitting those Lubbock back roads as you're heading down. I don't even know what highway it is. Um, I'd like not to think about what highway it is, to be honest. But, yeah, I uh, – I just have a few things on Friday that need to be dotted and, and crossed before I jump on a plane. And no, no, those of you who know that I'm a paranoid flyer, it doesn't involve a trip to, I don't even know a bar I could use. Logies. Is there, it doesn't involve a trip to anywhere to make sure I get my mind right. Boy, is that terrible? Josh, look at me. I'm such an adult. I can't even come up with a bar that I could say I would go to to get my mind right before flying. I I have really turned a corner in life. I'm proud of you. Now, if it was in Tulsa, I'd be like, get me at the Buccaneer bar. <laughs> but that's just because that's where all my friends told me that everyone hood, uh, hung out. So, yeah, a little, little different schedule for us on Friday. But tomorrow will be fun. Um, I am working. 
question. I'm a big Cole Kublik guy. I know he doesn't do a lot in the Big 12, but he talks a lot about offensive line. We were, we were going back and forth a couple weeks ago. Worth getting him on? Would Absolutely. You like okay, cool. No doubt. We'll get Cole on tomorrow to on Friday. Just give us a talk all things college sure. football. Were you outraged by anything last night before we hit the opening statement from BV in the 14 playoff not, rankings? Not that particularly stuck out to me. I mean, I, I think there wasn't a lot of controversy with the top four. That has to be your top four, right? I mean, with those – for being the remaining unbeatens in whatever order. And I think they sure. got the order right, by the way, too. I do, too. That's the order I would have had. Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, TCU 4. That's got to be your top four. I would have had Tennessee 5. So, in the pantheon of college football playoff rankings that leave me frustrated, annoyed, irritated, this was not one of those. I think they got the top five right. I, I tweeted something last night that didn't necessarily get as much traction I want attraction, Josh. I need attraction. Two attraction, people, please. Two people get that, and maybe Teddy's one of them, and it brings me so much joy that they do. <laughs> but whenever the, the complete – they've got to stop having these athletic directors or the head of the committees talk after the weekly thing. Just let them do their – let them – they, they, Boo contradicts himself like crazy. And I know it's week to week, but what you said last week doesn't fit this week. And the whole complete team conversation, I mean, it's just – it's like a case-by-case thing, right? You you allow, allow a team to stay ranked high that isn't a complete team, but then you'll find a way to ding someone that, and you'll use the excuse that, well, they're not a complete team. Like, if we're going by complete team mindset, then there's no way USC should be ranked ahead of anyone in the top 13. By the way, do you think Ole Miss can beat Alabama this weekend? Yeah, I think they can. I don't think they will. Okay. Ole Miss was made to pay a, a little bit. I thought they might be a little bit higher rated than they were. I thought they might at least be in the top ten. Do you think Ole Miss has beaten Bama? I've got f- one, two, three. I've got four games on my Ref Royal Rumble upset watch, and I'm about to add a fifth. You want to get into it after BB? Sure. Let's, let's do it. I just would imagine Alabama's about to come out with the fury of Saban in a thousand armies. Okay, I feel the same way. But what if they, they're not good? I mean, I, I. Let's get into it after BV, okay? Because I've got thoughts, and I don't want to get bogged down on the home Sooner fans talking about Alabama. So let's go. Sorry, Bama Tom. My bad. Brent Venables met with the media yesterday as we roll on here at ten ten an hour two of the Plank Show, brought to you by Allison Insurance. <sighs> Here's the opening statement from the Brent Venables press conference recapping Baylor and getting everybody ready for a trip to Morgantown this weekend for the Sooners and West Virginia, a team that's never beaten Oklahoma in Big 12 play. All right, good morning. Uh, all right, he's present today. Good morning. Um, Thought I had to do that. Uh, no, coming off, a uh, again, a uh, one of our two games this year that we lost by, by a score, uh, having a chance to – uh, win the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, weren't good enough to, to get it done. Uh, again, incredibly proud of our guys for uh, their effort, their fight, uh, the toughness to, to keep themselves in position to win the game uh, despite uh, doing the things that you can't do to, to win a game, uh, whether it's turning the ball over, um, having you know more penalties, uh, getting out rushed in the game, and not being as efficient as we need to be on, on fourth down. Still have a chance to to uh, to to uh, beat again uh, a Baylor 
you know, this is about improvement. Uh, we, we still got a lot of things that we have to continue to improve on there. Uh, believe it or not, even through uh, a loss, there's a lot that, um, that was actually good in the game. Um, uh, yesterday took some time to make sure that we recognize uh, what those things are and, uh, you know, things that you can build on. Again, this is, you look at it, again, a, a game that's, uh, uh, there's some moments of frustration because of, again, just uh, how, how um, you know, delicate the game is. And when you, again, are, are in position to win and uh, just weren't able to get it done, uh, you try to find, again, the, the things that you can build upon. And, uh, again, we looking at, uh, you know, the opportunities that are sitting in front of us right now to finish the year, that we, how we want to finish it. Um, we, we still got a great opportunity, you know, this week uh, going to, to Morgantown to, uh, to again, not, not dwell on, uh, you know, the things that well, we didn't do well last week, but really to, to, to look at the opportunity, you know, uh, as, a, as an opportunity of its own this week to try to create some momentum, momentum to finish the season the right way, uh, in a positive way, and uh, get to a bowl game. And... Uh, continue to create momentum for the out of season uh, as well uh, you know the areas where we're, we're, we're playing really well right now obviously we have we have experience there and the areas where we're not you know we're uh, we're making we're, we're inconsistent and uh, part of that is there's there's probably a lot of reasons but one of it again you're looking at guys that haven't played a ton of football uh, at some spots so uh, that matters at the end of the day and um, you know, we got to continue to uh, bring guys along and develop things the right way, um, being faithful again to the little things. Our players got a lot invested. The coaches got a lot invested. And even through, uh, again, uh, adversity or, or losing, uh, you don't just lose that investment or uh, lose that focus about what it's all about. You know, you got to accept everything that comes with it when, when you're completely in, invested. And sometimes it's easy to sit outside and, and judge and say, well, again, the season you lose, uh, you lose your fourth game, and you know everything. You know the season's over. You know that's that's one way to look at it. Like to me, that to me, if you, if you if you judge it that way, then you just like when bad things happen in life, you just kind of pack it in, and that doesn't. When when you invested, uh, invest like like you invest in the game of football or any sport, uh, you don't just. Uh, you, you're, you're, it's about the chase. It's about the commitment to one another. It's about the love for what you do. And um, even through the discouragement, you, you accept everything that comes with it. And, and so that's what this is about, you know, challenging uh, our guys, you know, every player and every coach through all of it. You know, you, you, everybody's got to look at themselves. And, you know, uh, again, to me, that's when you, you got to be at your best. So our guys came back yesterday, had a great perspective. I think the perspective, you know, I think the perspective is what it's all about and, and, and being able to, uh, because I think it drives you know, your perspective. It always drives your performance, and so uh, if you got a uh, if you got a, a bad perspective, you're gonna have a bad performance moving forward. So I think having the right perspective uh, right now is more important, uh, as important as it's been all year, uh, so that again we can um, again realize the, the potential uh, of our team and, and again continue to improve and and have the kind of finish you know that that, uh, that we want. So. The kind of finish that we want. I thought Eric Bailey asked a fantastic question.
as he's off to do. We maybe need to get him back on this week. We haven't talked to him in a couple of weeks. Watch, someone would be like, bro, it was just last week. But EB looked back to two seasons when Brent was on staff and things hadn't necessarily gone so well, but the Sooners finished strong. For instance, 2005. That was an OU football team that was, what, two and three at one point and had been beaten rather thoroughly by, if I'm not mistaken, a Vince Young lad? Texas team in that game? Um, correct. Oh, I'm looking at the stats right now. Yep, Vince Young. It was the great Dusty, I think, rocked him that game, but still lost 45-12. You had the the embarrassment, I guess. I don't looking back now, it's not even the embarrassment, but the disappointment, Josh, the start of that season with the um Big Red Auto Sports debate, controversy that had taken place with Red Bomar. And they were in a they were in a tough spot. But then they proceeded to win four straight games, bounced back after a very controversial loss in Lubbock, Texas, which I also believe is the infamous Go Raiders with J.D. Runnels trying to give a post-game interview. Smoked Oklahoma State in Bedlam and beat a good Oregon team in the bowl game. They righted the ship, even though they had that tough loss to Texas Tech after a very challenging 2-3 and three start and had a respectable season. Eric also mentioned 2009, which I had completely and totally erased from my memory. That was that was maybe one of the biggest disappointments. Sure it was. Ever? You, you had just gone to the national championship game. Everyone was back. One of the definite favorites to return to that game. Now, granted, Texas was great yeah. during that point in time, and obviously oh, yeah. Sam Bradford and the injuries that you had uh, with with Gresham and everything. I mean, it was just a disaster of a season, right? Yeah, I was trying to look at this, um, the stats real quick here. By the way, whoever runs Soonerstats.com, I'm very grateful for you. No kidding. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who you are, but thank you. Thank you. But, you know, you think about – okay, help me remember, too, if I'm not mistaken, in 09. In 09, was that not also the year where Jermaine Gresham had got hurt before the season started? Yes. I'll never forget that press conference, and I think it was – well, I'm not going to mention a name. But they go, Bob, is there any chance that, you know, Jermaine Gresham, there's rumors that he could come back. And Bob Stevenson goes, no, he's going pro. Because it was he could rehab, he could come in here, and he's had an incredible. I think he's still playing, for goodness sakes. But that was a team. That was a really, really talented football team. DeMarco was back. Ryan Broyles was just a sophomore. That was a good football team. And then Bradford got hurt, and just it was it was frustrating. They started out. They also lost to Texas, and when Sam came back, that was a really good football team. Three and three and three, right? And then got on a run and played pretty well the rest of the season, including that win in the Sun Bowl. So, all of that precursor to say, Eric asked, "Hey, wh- what did you learn, or or maybe what were some things that you took during that challenging time and teams that didn't necessarily play like you would want that maybe are in practice today to help this team deal with adversity 
And here's what Coach said. You know, mindset and the continue to invest, uh, you know, those are just being a competitor. Like I said, you, when you've invested as much as you had, you just don't surrender, <laughs> you know. Again, I, I, I pay attention to what's being said or, you know, the opinions, and, and that's what you all get paid to do, you know, to, uh, to go really high with everybody or really down here and get the clickbaits and all that kind of stuff. That's what you do, and whether it's intentional or not. You know, because I know some people say, oh, well, the season's over. You know, it's it's all, it's forgotten. But those guys in that locker room don't think that. And those coaches don't think that. You know, if that's the case, why don't you just end it now? You know what I mean? Because uh, that's what some people report, you know, which is fine. That's, they're entitled to do that. But you would think it's not how you live life. Or you're going to live a bad life, you know what I mean? Or a miserable life. So, uh you know, I think, you know, there's some similarities and certainly in the, in the win and loss common column. Obviously, you're six, seven, eight, ten, eleven years building the program in a locker room full of a bunch of guys that have been around here not only, you know, uh, during that season, but for a long period of time, too. So some of it's the same, and then some of it you're trying to create. Again, you've got, again, half our roster that hadn't been here invested in a really long time. So what does that investment look like for each individual? You know, that's a hard thing to gauge. Uh, but certainly, you know, being consistent with your uh, message and being strong in moments of uh, uh, adversity or loss is, is incredibly important. And, uh, and then again, being able to quantify, uh, you know, what just happened and uh, what needs to take place and the things that um, everybody's got to be responsible and accountable for, I think is important. You have to still, at the end of the day, appeal to the voice of reason when you're in a leadership position. And so you're not got to only be about it, but you also have to be able to bring people along with you uh, and get and, and make sure that their mindset is where it needs to be. But again, our guys have, have again, worked incredibly hard. Uh, none of us, have, this is not what any of us wanted, but uh, here, here's where it is. And, and again, you know, I still believe in our guys, you know, their mindset, their toughness, their attitude, their willingness to, continue to fight and work and finish what you started. You know, that's what life's all about. And um, certainly that's what uh, this season's all about. But there are a lot of reasons for uh, one, for them to, you know, your trademark should be your effort, you know, your best, uh, giving it everything you got. That should be each and every one of the guys' uh, uh, trademark is, is, and that's what we talk about being completely and totally committed to doing your best. You know, you can count on me. I'm dependable. I'm accountable. I'm reliable. Uh, and, and, and so uh, that's what that looks like. And I think it's important that, you know, now, you know, more than ever that our guys, and there's been some guys that have had a lot of success. You know, sometimes the more successful you are, the, the easier it is for you to lose sight of all the little things it took for you to build a foundation of success, too. And you gotta continue to be mindful of and again as we're building our foundation, it's still about the little things. Just like that at the end of the day we walked off the field on the wrong side of it and it was about the little things. A whole bunch of little things, you know, that, that can make a big difference, you know, if you get uh, you know, one or two of them right. And um and so that's the margin, you know, that this game uh can punish you for. I like the little clickbait thing that he threw in there. Yeah, it's um, they're good at finding the motivational pieces. It's just is it is it hitting home with this crew? That's what. That's what we'll see. 
That's what we'll see over the next few weeks. I, I, was, I thought, this is just my personal opinion. Whoa, have we not taken our 15 break yet? No, we have not. Okay, quick break. I'll tell you what I – something that stood out to me the last few games next, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. <laughs> I ruined that whole – sorry, Tyler. Thank you. I ruined that whole commercial break. I'm sorry. You were doing so much stuff, and I was too, and then the next thing you know, I just – I couldn't figure out who that dude was asking about, and then lo and behold, Brent answered it, and I was like, this maybe is a me problem. Can't, you want to hear it real quick? I would love to. All right. So I, I was I don't know who was asking the question. I apologize, but Brent answered it perfectly. And when I heard it, I was like, I have no idea who this person is is talking. Okay, where is it? I just sent it to you. I sent it to you with the oh here it is. Who? All right, let's <laughs> play it again. It's like when I first heard it, I'm like Caleb Gross. <laughs> Caleb, I remember there's a guy that was, na- and I then I thought, is he talking about an older player? And then I guess, considering the role of Jaleel Farouk and he's kind of a playmaker, Tyler McComas somehow cracked the code. I, 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 bravo! I, I mean, if you know, sometimes I'll do things like Arnie's. Uh, hold on, don't want to make Vegas Superman. Arnie Spanier, my co-host on Sunday nights on Fox Sports Radio will send out a sheet with cursive writing on it. And I can never read what he's writing. But inevitably, I'll put it, I'm like, can you guys make sense of this? And a couple of people are like, like, oh, oh yeah, I this. see it all the way. I mean, literally, I, I'm still just... Like, even if you even if you say Jalil Farouk, like he's saying Jalil Farouk, it's right, almost as if the right, emphasis right. is in the wrong place. Jalil Farouk is... Anyway, he answered the question. So, speaking of that, um, I don't necessarily think that was the answer to this question, but Brent Venables was asked during his press conference yesterday about Jaleel Farouk, and I, I actually I thought this was a really good question, and that is, is it a is it is, is it kind of a different mindset for him this year in, in what you've seen him develop into? Yeah, after the uh, regular season's over for. Oh, wait, hold on. That's the captain's one. In 321, 21 All right, here we go. This is uh, about Jalil Farouk. Um, I'm not sure about comparing him to somebody else, but uh, love how he's created uh, value for himself uh, through his opportunities. You know, a lot of guys uh, want to complain about whatever role that they don't have or the opportunities that they don't have, and then when the opportunities for them to to, uh, to step up and, and be a contributor who come, they, they miss the opportunity because they're not ready for it or they're in the wrong you know state of mind. And for him, uh, he's been a great teammate. Uh, he's come to work every day. Whatever opportunity he's given, he's, he's, uh, he's come through. You know, he's delivered. Uh, he's made the most of his opportunity, which has created more and more confidence in him. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's done a lot of the tough stuff that we've seen him do uh, from blocking to – uh, a lot of the tough running uh, after the catch uh, that everybody loves to see. You see tremendous will and fight and toughness and competitiveness when you watch Jaleel play. And uh, he's been, you know, one of our more consistent players, you know, all year. So I've been really, really proud of him. There you go. I've been really proud of Jaleel Farouk, too. And the follow-up might have been even better because that was the mental side of things that I was talking about. Is it a different mentality, you know, whenever he's having to – 
you know, act as a running back as opposed to – I was going to get there eventually, act as a running back as opposed to wide receiver. Um, I think you know, being competitive, you know, just having tremendous will, uh, you know. I think he's one of those guys, his will is, is better than his skill, and his skill's good. Uh, but I think when you watch him play, you see that. I think you see that with Drake Stoops uh, as well. Um, but well, that's what I see with him, just a, a guy that – uh, plays with great heart and great toughness, uh, and again, he's been he's made the most of all of his opportunities. I think he's been. I, I don't want to say one of the, the the surprises because I think we all expected a lot from Jill, Jalil Farouk after the Alamo Bowl and then his decision to stay. Remember, Farouk was one of those guys that we didn't know. We thought, all right, high school teammate of Caleb Williams. Uh, we don't know, and as as Brent Venables pointed out. On Monday night, this is hey. Let me go back to my little copious notes that I've been keeping every time Coach talks. But Jalil Farouk is a guy that didn't play his senior year in high school, and then didn't play much at all last year. No, uh, the Alamo Bowl was the big breakout performance, and sort of we had wondered, okay, well, you know, maybe why they haven't thrown him into the mix a little bit, and. Obviously, he looked good when given that opportunity, but hadn't cracked the rotation beforehand. So, yeah, and now he's gotten a starring role. And honestly, it took a little bit to get going this season. Man, I'm old enough to remember early in the year when the question was, hey, why isn't Jill Fruit getting more touches? Sure. More? And what was the response? Oh, ball just hasn't found him. And now that it has, and they've created some things for him, I think it's – I think – I hate to say something like this because it's not you're mailing it in on the season, but I think with a guy like Jalil Farouk, that's exciting for next year. You know, the the comparison that LaDamian Washington made in body type was Jamar Chase. And that's he's just getting started. So, you know, if Marvin Mims does indeed turn pro after this season, like a lot of us think, I'm not sure about Drake Stoops having another year of eligibility or not. But when you start thinking about the receiving core, what did, do you know how many people LaDamian Washington has in his room? This kind of blew me away a little bit whenever he said it on, uh, uh, on Coach's Corner. How many? He's got like 18 guys in his room. He's got a massive room. And how many scholarship guys? That's a good question. I, I did not follow up with that. But they've got a big receiver room. And we've got guys that we're excited about, right? The Royal We, the Nick Andersons, the Jaden Gibsons, right? Sure, Jaleel Farouk being one of them. He, I mean, he probably goes into next year if Marvin turns pro as your number one guy. So, what is uh, Theo Weiss's status? Um, I, I think, I think Theo is going to be a guy that we see, you know, move on, maybe. I don't think he has any more eligible. I mean, he can't possibly have any more eligible. I feel like he's been around for 56 years. But, you know, maybe he decides. Because he was thinking about trying to give it a shot in the league. He, I, I know that automatically. Did he play more than four last year? Um, let's see here. Theo Wees. I hate the way the. NewSoonerSports.com, I'm still learning, by the way. It's incredibly well done. But I am just a creature of habit. So and I don't have the time to set it up in my mind. I think he's got another year if if he wants it. If he wants it, yeah. That that's kind of like Spencer Sanders has another year if he wants it. Did you know that? Shut up. Spencer Sanders has another year if he wants it at what? OSU. Yeah, exactly. 
There's people that have done a better job at track. I think Bob Prisbill has done a really nice job of tracking this as far as guys who have uh, who have time to get back. But let's see. COVID here. COVID year mixed with uh, a red shirt year. But <laughs> the the Spencer Sanders thing, he should not have another year based under the uh, bylaws of this is just flat out ridiculous. This guy's played way too much football. Yeah, this is the, this that bylaw. <laughs> all right, all right. I finally got it set up how I want it to. So we's. By God, he does have another year of eligibility. So, we'll see. I, I, mean, figured he, I thought he did. He didn't, you're right. didn't play Correct. last season, did he? No. Um, but it's it's not as if he's had a bunch of targets this year. But I still believe in him. So, if he wants to come back, then I think he can be a major part of this next year. Well, and then on that Drake note, Stoops is a redshirt senior. So, by my understanding, this would be his final season. Gotcha. For Theo Weiss, right? I mean, these final three games, hopefully, right, things go well, bowl game performance, all of a sudden, if he plays well and decides to come back, then the outlook of what he could be is totally different, and Farouk, we'll see what happens there. You could have a nice one-two to start, or, right, it kind of could just be Farouk is your proven guy. Here's the receivers that are currently on the Oklahoma Sooner roster. Just these are guys and kind of where we feel like their eligibility is. Jaden Gibson, true freshman, has played in too many games to redshirt, so he's going to come in as a sophomore. Jalil Farouk, I don't think Nick Anderson has played in enough games, so he'll have he'll be a redshirt freshman next year. LV Bunkley Shelton, whom we haven't seen a ton from the Arizona State transfer. Um, Theo Wees, you know, it says redshirt senior with Drake Stoops. But for most of the guys that are gone, they have fifth year, so I'll have to double-check on that. You got J.J. Hester, who's battled injuries all year long. Brian Darby, who's been dinged up. Marvin Mims, probably turning pro. Trayvon West. How about Gavin Freeman and what we've seen from him? Names like uh, walk-ons like Major Melson, Davion Woodley, Dallas Dudley, the freshman out of Flower Mound, Damon Smith. So four, I, I was close. 14. What did I say? 18? You got 14 guys in that roster, and maybe there's a few tight ends who are doing double duty. But and and from everything we hear on the recruiting side of things, right? Adding Anthony Edwards to that mix, you hope, or is Edwards Evans Anthony Evans? Sorry, adding Anthony Evans to that mix would be great. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be excited about. And this whole conversation started with Jalil Farouk with an indiscernible question. <laughs> All right, quick break. When do we come back, now there is. There is one consistent. I'll give this to the 918. This guy from the 918, every single day, every single day, tells us we're just not getting it. That we're not telling the people the true story. <laughs> We've got a couple of those every single day. And when we come back, we'll give you that true story next, right here on The Ref. I usually end up singing this song in the car on the way home. Not going to lie. Not going to sing it here. 80s Beach Boys, pretty uh, legit. It's a very interesting video. It always kind of haunts me whenever I see the video you're playing off the tube of views. <laughs> right. This is not the vision you have for the Beach Boys, is it? Can I Can I choose? Mid-40s Beach Boys? There is a song that's stuck. There's two songs that are stuck in my head. Can I pick that for the next you may. bumper? All right. It's just it won't go away. There's two of them. I saw them on a... You remember, I don't watch TikToks. I'm much more... 
uh, cultured. I watch Instagram reels. Do you think so. that's kind of the next evolution in you and I's professional career? Is <laughs> start to do reels and TikToks? <laughs> yeah, TikTok star. Hey, I'll do whatever it takes to get more people to listen to this show. That's my ultimate goal. I want to be numero uno. How does Drake describe us in the promo? In the late morning time. That's right. Slot. Yeah, mid morning, late morning, whatever we are. I love. I this is. It was kind of funny. My whole life, I wanted to do afternoons, and then did afternoons for a long time. Then I wanted to do mornings, and I realized, bro, that's not fun waking up that early every <laughs> single day. Yeah, that's real Again, professional. I, I, I'm, I'm okay, you know, routine over ritual, right? But I'm okay to start my routine at about 7 a.m., not 5.30 every morning. So this has become the perfect time slot for me. So if it takes us being TikTok stars to do it, let's go. So every day, uh, I'm not trying to say every day, but on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, there is a pretty consistent take, and it always seems to happen during this time slot. <laughs> Though there is a lot of told you so's to Parker and, and Tyler from the 918 here as well. So are you ready? Yeah, 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 I'm ready. These, uh, this is in a span of, of text to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. <laughs> So I wish you would give yourself a name because I think you have become my favorite. You guys still don't get it. For the last time, they don't have the dudes. They're too small and light up front from the BS scheme from Alex Stupid Grinch. We're nine games in and the linebackers still don't know their assignment most of the time. It can hit home a thousand times. But if the guy across from you is always bigger and stronger and more physical, what are you guys going to do to this day? <laughs> to this day. <laughs> um, and that kind, of, that kind of pairs into this from the 405. Do you guys believe the narrative out there that OU is void of talent or that it is not the case? I love BV and everything he's trying to accomplish. And I do think there's something to the lack of talent, but I tend to think that is way overblown and OU is massively underachieved your thoughts. So I guess those two kind of run somewhat in parallel, but encounter to each other. I would love for somebody smarter than me to compare and contrast the level of talent from a recruiting perspective that OU has brought in over the last five years compared defensively to offensively. And I know that this really doesn't resonate with a lot of people. Why? Because LSU is rolling, because TCU is rolling, because you know Notre Dame has righted the ship to a certain degree, and they seem to be rolling now under Marcus Freeman, USC, doesn't seem to be struggling too much with Oregon. it. Oregon after a tough opening game loss. So I know for some of you it falls on deaf ears, and you don't want to hear the culture conversation and building a foundation. But <laughs> some brand gets it. But I just – I don't know, dude. I'm – I do think – I think it's a combination. I know on Saturday that both Teddy and Gabe – were perplexed by what Oklahoma seemed to be doing early with their defensive tackles. I think I heard the term looping quite a bit whenever it came to what they were asking the interior of the defensive line to do. And 
Maybe as, as in not just straight up gap responsibility. Right. They they were covering them around, looping a little bit. around. Yeah. yeah, that was my understanding. So maybe there is a little bit of that. I yeah, these guys probably aren't good enough to be doing that. But I just I don't know. That, that's a great question, and to be honest with you, I don't know. I think that there is a lack of talent defensively, but. You know, even in that, you're a third and 16 stop and a fourth and one at the 20 from probably winning at least two games that you got beat this year. Um, you know, obviously, Texas, I'm not going to sit here and try to excuse every single loss or TCU, but, I mean, I just – how different would this world be if, if Oklahoma would have got the football back and found a way to beat Kansas State – or if you you shut down a couple of those fourth down opportunities to Baylor. I mean, there's hey, there is no doubt that what Oklahoma lost to the NFL hurts this team. You're seeing Nick Benito, he had his little coming out party this week and Brian Osamoa. I, I haven't heard much. Um Brian Osamoa recently, but he had been playing well for Minnesota. I think he'd be great in this defense. Obviously, a guy like Perion Winfrey who started the Senior Bowl and dropped to the fourth round, and Isaiah Thomas. I mean, there's some dudes in the NFL right now that it really hurts that aren't on this roster right now. There's no doubt about it. Five defensive draft picks. Yeah. So, I'm a little bit more understanding of that than most. And I know there's there's tape guys out there, right? There's, there's the guys that just literally live – scouting tape 24-7, 365 on the intrawebs. And they're going to overanalyze every little thing that you do wrong. I didn't even mention DeLair and Turner Yell. Everyone couldn't wait for DeLair and Turner Yell and Pat Fields to get out of here. And now it's like, man, if we just had trouble. But I mean, my point more than anything else is I'm, I'll listen to it. Do I wish they were better? You bet. Do they have some pieces? Absolutely. But are we going to be talking about those pieces come April's draft? Probably not. And Brent Venables has lived in a world for the last decade. Um, and I'm not that's not to say he he can't coach without NFL talent, but he's lived in that world where I mean, even look at Clemson's defense this year, Josh. Look at the mock drafts. There's three Clemson guys that could go in the top fifteen defensively in the draft. It's wild. So uh, here's 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 a counter to it. I like this. And oh, you didn't have that last season, and they certainly don't have that type of talent this season. But yes, the counter. That's a bunch of BS, writes the 402. Iowa State doesn't get the talent OU gets and has had a damn good defense for a while now. Sure. Okay. Can I counter that? How many years have they been in John Haycock's system? Yeah, there's been stability. I mean, for sure. That's uh, you know a counter to the counter. Counter to the counter. Your counter, my counter. But it's yeah, a fair point. I mean, look, Oklahoma's not getting enough with what it's got. And then I, I, I think this from the nine one eight is is kind of along the lines that I think. It's always somewhere in the middle. The pleated of talent, sure. Is our recruiting from the previous three years better than TCU's, Baylor's, and K State's? Yes. Yeah. No, and that's where the problem lies. Right? Is they should be getting more with. What is still less than they would like, but more than most. 
was wow. It's every time I sit here, I'm like, gosh, we we have plenty of time in this segment. I look up and we've gone long. All right, quick wrap to hour number two. So this is thank you nine one eight. This has opened up an absolute spigot on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. So we'll hit it. Uh, and the top five stories today coming up right here on the Home Sooner Fan. What do you have tonight? You have I saw you were talking about promoting something. What do you guys got? Yeah, I've got the Norman North Girls basketball show. Go ahead. Uh, from Buffalo Wild Wings, KRFSports.tv. So get to hear from Al Bill and the Timberwolves. Time um, to start shifting our focus to uh, some winter sports. I, I will say for as much as I complained on Monday's show about not being able to adjust, like get my mind around basketball, uh, I have enjoyed watching the college games. I mean, outside of OU losing, I mean, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed having a college random college basketball game on Fox Sports One or ESPNU. Now there is a lot of confusion at this time when I see the score roll. I'm like, is that football? Oh, it's hoops. Hoops. Okay, it's over. The losing streak is done. Georgetown won a game last night. I didn't realize how long of a skid they were on. Me neither. And, boy, they tried to give it away. Tell you something. That's a – that's wild for someone who grew up in the era of Alonzo Mourning and Patrick Ewing and Reggie Williams and Allen Iverson. I know I'm leaving out some dudes, but to see Georgetown is that bad is wild. Yeah, like 20-some-odd losses in a row. It's crazy. Not good. KRefSports.tv is where you can find Josh then tonight. Um, so we're caught up. We're fighting on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's go. But we'll pause it until about 10.30 or so because we got to hit the air, uh, the top five stories of the day brought to you by Newcastle Casino right here on the home of Sooner fans.